please let me introduce my friend Jenny Barlos from the Ability Center. I met Jenny a couple of years ago and her great energy, which you'll hear in just a second because we're on a, on a committee of something called HARP, Hope and Recovery Pets Program. I would suggest that you look into it. Uh, the upshot of it is how animals can help people get through some mental health situations. And Jenny and I met and now um, I'm here. I'm, I have Jenny on to tell you all about the Ability Center. Good morning. Good morning, and I will say that General, our uh, demonstration dog that I think I brought into the station last time, is also here. You won't be able to see him or hear him, but he's here to offer me some uh, mental <laughs> mental support also. To give you the support you need to get rid of the nerves to be on the radio? That's right. That's right. Let's be honest. The real reason that I want to hang out with you is because whenever I get you around, a dog comes by too. Absolutely. I know. I, you know, don't think that we don't use that to our advantage. I, I get it too. Why do you think I have, as a, as a single guy, why do you think I have two adorable dogs? Um, let's, let's start with the dog stuff and then we can zoom out on all things that uh, the Ability Center does. And by the way, if you didn't know, we all drive Monroe Street because it's our shopping corridor here. You've probably passed the Ability Center a hundred thousand times because you're just about right across from the ProMedica Health and Wellness Center, right? Correct. Right down the street. Absolutely. What, what does, what does General do? How, how do, how do you guys interact, uh, the animals with people that come to the Ability Center? Well, what we do specifically as a program of the Ability Center, um, the Ability Center just as a, as a uh, larger um, vision helps all kinds of people that have all kinds of different challenges and tries to help connect them with solutions to stay involved with their community and stay as independent as possible. So what we do in the assistance dogs program is train and place service and therapy dogs. The service dogs are actually doing physical tasks for people that have mobility disabilities. They have full public access during normal times, um, but they are doing actual physical tasks for people like picking up dropped items, helping to open doors. Um, going to the refrigerator and, and getting out a bottle of water or turning on light switches, um, doing a whole range of things that are trained specifically for that person. Um, and General is one of those great dogs that went all the way through his two years of training, um, had a couple of little quirky things, but is still a fantastic worker. So he stayed on with us and does interviews and uh, presentations and all kinds of things. Um, some people are probably thinking, well, I, I could, you know, take a dog with me somewhere. Maybe they, they've seen these dogs. I'll, I'll come back to the quirky part of this that we can speak on in just a second. Um, but, a dog adoption fee is like 300 bucks, 150 some places. General is a $25,000 dog, correct? Correct. Correct. For us, what we look at is the investment, obviously, of staff time, um, two years of dog food and vet care and, and all of the things that have gone into uh, making him who he is at this point, which includes a lot of time you know, spent training him and having him make sure that he feels comfortable as all of our dogs feel comfortable going out 
and performing that work not only at home but out everywhere that they may go. So, you know, having a dog feel comfortable out at the mall or traveling on an elevator takes a lot of work and a lot of time and effort. And that money and all that that effort is what sets general and other dogs at the Ability Center, aside from someone who might get their ferret certified by their therapist as what an emotional support animal. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. There there are like three different levels. There are service and service dogs, which are specifically dogs that have protected public access rights everywhere that their person goes. And that is due to the specific physical tasks that the dog is able to do. Um, There are therapy dogs that are also uh, trained and have a lot of training as well that are performing specific functions. Emotional support animals can really include a variety of different animals. They don't have to have any training whatsoever. For anybody who has any kind of a pet at home and you know the value emotionally of having that animal with you, you know, that's what an emotional support animal does. They are comforting to us just by their very presence. They don't have to have any kind of training, and therefore they don't really have those public access rights. Um, A personal question, because I've seen these dogs in stores. There was one gentleman who used to bring his dog to the gym that I used to go to at the Y downtown. Um, Is it okay to to approach the animal to, to, I mean, we're pet. I'm going to say that we're all pet friendly people. And we, when we see a nice friendly dog, we want to pet it. Is it okay to go pet somebody like general? If you see this out in public, it is absolutely not okay to, to come up and pet them because what we try to express to people is that dog is there for a specific reason. They are a tool for that person, just like their wheelchair may be their cane may be, Um, That dog is there to keep focused on the person, um, to to perform the work that that person needs. And when somebody is trying to pet the dog or talk to the dog, it's a it's a huge distraction for them. Whenever I talk to kids in school, I always say, "How would it be for you as you are taking a test if somebody was trying to talk to you or trying to physically interact with you? You wouldn't be able to concentrate." on the work that you have at hand. It's the same thing for a dog, and it can get really confusing for them if they're constantly uh, being asked to interact with members of the public when what their job really is is to stay focused on their person and be aware of and wait for the next thing that they may need help with. Probably the best course of action and what we usually recommend for people is talk to the person first Because many of our people who are service dog users are fine with their dog interacting as long as they're having a good day, their dog is having a good day, um, and it's an appropriate situation. But talking to the person first is always the the kindest way to go. Um, It's kind of rude to to go up and and interact with someone's service dog without even acknowledging the person first. I like the cane analogy. Uh, If someone was using a cane or some kind of walker, you wouldn't go up to it and pet it if it were an animal. (laughs) Boy, that's a a nice cane you got there. And meanwhile, you take it away from them. So I love that. Let's 
Let's uh, Jenny Barlos from the Ability Center. They're located on Monroe Street. How to get in contact with them um, as we walk through here a few more minutes with Jenny. Actually, plenty more minutes. Let's talk about that kind of person who might need a service dog. You said some people have good days, bad days. Who are the kinds of people who could take advantage of this and how can they get in touch and what might it even cost? For us, we work with people who have specific mobility disabilities, so um, just challenges in moving around in their daily lives, whether it's at home, at work, at school, out in the public. So the people that we work with um, may have a spinal cord injury, they may have uh, multiple sclerosis, muscular dystrophy, cerebral palsy, Um, they may have had a stroke, have Parkinson's. Something that is that causes them to have a challenge in moving around and doing those um, day-to-day tasks, getting ready in the morning, getting ready for bed at night, um, you know, traveling around on public transportation or, you know, throughout their, their regular routine. Um, they can, people can contact us. Um, by calling the Ability Center. We are right there in Sylvania. Um, and, you know, they can talk to any number of us. Um, you know, the receptionist can direct people to whatever program they're interested in. Um, we, are, we are happy to talk to people and answer any questions. There's also our website, um, theabilitycenter.org that you can fill out an inquiry form and um, get all kinds of information if you are interested in in trying to get a a service or a therapy dog. Um, We're we're happy to give any information that we can. Um, I always feel obliged to ask this question whenever it's something medical involved, whether it's counseling or this or getting an exam. Is there a cost? Is it something that runs through insurance? Is it funded through grants? We don't use any type of, we don't get any type of um, state or federal funding. Um, We don't go through insurance companies because there are obviously a lot of um, hoops that you have to kind of jump through when you decide to go in that direction. Um, For us, Again, you mentioned the the overall cost of mm-hmm. of training a dog can be twenty to twenty five thousand dollars or more. Um, for us, it's always been our philosophy and our mission to make these dogs as affordable for people as we possibly can. For us, we have a two thousand to five thousand dollar equipment and training fee that is due. Once you go all the way through our evaluation process, we've determined that you're eligible to get a dog. You've been on our waiting list, um, which can be up to uh, a year and a half to two years. We've made a match for you, so we've determined that we have a dog that we feel will meet your needs. Um, you go through our training, and that's when the fee is due. I think so I am- you've kind of we've really determined everything is is a go situation, and that's when that fee is due. So there's nothing that's really due up front. Um, it's really once you've kind of progressed pretty far through our, our process that that fee is due. And we have people who 
um, pay that out of pocket. We have people who do a GoFundMe account or they can receive community grants themselves. We do a lot of grant writing to support our program. Um, we don't do a lot of grant writing to support individual um, recipients. Um, thanks for answer, uh, answering a, a tough question as transparently as, as possible. I could hear some of your discomfort there because I know nobody ever wants to talk about money, but I always feel compelled to bring it up with situations like this when it comes to someone's uh, well-being and their health. And I'll, tr- I'll, I'll throw a fastball or put, put one up on the tee here. Um, I was thinking about my grandfather. My grandfather didn't want to do a nursing home, um, but my dad would be there to help him a lot. Perhaps a therapy dog could be good for an older person or if they've gone through a situation and that family might not be able to afford some time of a, some type of a facility, which especially in the current climate where there's a lot of sickness going on. So a, a service dog might be a, a better, a less expensive and more helpful alternative. Absolutely. What, we, what we're always looking at, and, and this is certainly true with any of the seniors that we work with, we are always our number one concern or thing that we really look out for people with. And whether it's somebody who's a little bit older, somebody who is a little bit more medically fragile with a, a mobility disability, we're always looking to maintain their safety and also certainly the dog's safety as well. So, you know, again, it's a, a two year old. Um, large breed dog. Typically, we work with Labrador retrievers. Um, we do still have some golden retrievers or, or mixes of the two. Um, but, but again, we're looking at somebody's situation very carefully to make sure that it's also something that is going to be safe for them. Um, so oftentimes, pairing a, a, a calmer um, large breed dog that we may have in training might work perfectly as a a therapy dog. We did work with somebody and we have worked with um, older people. Um, We worked with a a gentleman in his eighties who had built his own home. He had his sons that were kind of local that could help support him, but he wanted to stay in his own home. One of the things that we trained his dog to do, he had a, a deadbolt lock to keep himself kind of secure within his home. We had actually trained his dog to go and release that deadbolt lock. Um, If one of his sons came over, it was done on cue, or um, it could be also done from somebody outside the door if they knew that cue, like his two sons, so that if he fell inside his home or needed some assistance inside his home, he could still have that lock engaged and feel safe. But yet, be able, his dog could kind of go and disengage that lock if one of his sons was wanted to come in and, and offer assistance for his father. So, you know, again, for adults, we are still working with people who have mobility disabilities, whether it's a service or a therapy dog. So um, somebody who is a senior wouldn't maybe be eligible just because of their age. So that's just something to consider. Um, $20,000 for some incredible feats from these animals that you can train. I, one day you'll meet my two dogs and you, I'll ask you to put a value on the a dollar value on the training <laughs> level. And you'll guess like $14 and I'll say you're about $13 too high. 
Um, <laughs> but the value of them to you yes. is priceless. So. <laughs> the companionship. The companionship indeed. Um, uh, a couple of final questions as we wrap up here with Jenny Barlow from the Ability Center. Um, it's gotten overshadowed because we know that 2020 has been sent from another world to destroy us and make our lives challenging. But there is kind of a an effort uh, on the city's part, kind of a small motto or a goal, we can call it, to make Toledo the most accessible city in the country. And I know you guys uh, endeavor to be a part of that, right? Oh, absolutely. And this is actually, it's, it's kind of a lot of our activities to celebrate this year have been postponed, and, and we look forward to eventually being able to celebrate that. But this 2020 is actually the 100th anniversary of the Ability Center. So last year, as we were kind of gearing up for this big celebratory year, we were thinking about what we could do, what are things that we can do within our community and involving all of our community partners to really have people think about at kind of a granular level, what can we do to make Toledo and this Northwest Ohio region one of the most disability-friendly in the country? And so as we were having those dialogues, you know, you really have the opportunity to talk to people about hiring practices and accessibility and, and you know, all the things that go into being disability-friendly. Um, so, yes, it's kind of been upended obviously with the the pandemic and and a lot of our um, festivities have been delayed until next year or until later Um, but yes it's something to continue to be aware of and what we have found is that even though we haven't been able to have those celebrations and those community events like we thought what we've what we've really been able to do is kind of to jump into action um, with the the start of the quarantine in, in early to mid-March and really kind of demonstrate what an integral part the Ability Center is to the community and serving the people who, um, who have challenges in our community and helping to make um, their quarantine situation safer, and, and allow them to continue to access those things technology-wise or, or otherwise to continue to do things in the community. I've got to say, this has been uh, incredible. I hope people's interest is piqued about the Ability Center, a place, again, they might have passed hundreds of times. And I think a lot of the credit um, here today uh, goes to General. And Jenny, you get a little bit too. Thank you. Thank you. I'm used to this. (laughs) Um, Any final thoughts, anything else we can share out there about the Ability Center, ways to get in touch, people who should be interested in contacting you, anything like that? Well, there are lots of things that that we have kind of done as a response to COVID, you know, hosting webinars with the Board of Elections and part on public transportation and technology and disability. Um, There are... uh, pieces of durable medical equipment that are available to consumers. Um, We are starting to work on a technology loan closet for kids and adults to be able to borrow iPads or Chromebooks if they don't have access. That's something that's available to people that we're working with. Um, Lots of different wellness calls and uh, disaster management plans and, and things like that have 
been implemented in this last couple of months. So uh, the the big takeaway, I think, is if you if you have a challenge or if you um, think that the Ability Center or any of our programs, um, including advocacy, durable medical loan equipment, uh, youth transition, um, uh, ramp building, all of those things that the Ability Center brings for the community, if you think that any of those things would be helpful or have questions about any of those things, um, the best thing to do is call. And, uh, you know, one of our great staff members would be happy to help. Awesome. Um, I know we could talk forever because hopefully, uh, as people have heard right here, um, the Ability Center, it's kind of uh, on a, on a, I have a sloppy analogy. It's like Target. You can walk in there and get any kind of, so many kinds of help and you're such an important part of our community and thank you and you're wonderful and one of these days I'll see you and maybe General again soon. In fact, I think we have I have a heart meeting on my calendar for Tomorrow, actually. How about that? I think- oh, really? Oh, my gosh. I am so excited. I don't know if we will be able to meet in person, but uh, we know that we will yeah. be able to do that soon and, and someday. And uh, I can't wait to get back out there and, and see you soon in person. Let me ask you quickly, because so much of what is your position there? What's that? What's your title? I am the client services manager for the assistance dogs program. So all that means is I'm kind of in charge of the whole um, human side of what we do in terms of placing service dogs. Um, So I do a lot of uh, or have done a lot of um, public information and education not only with people who are interested about what service dogs do, but with businesses who, you know, want to make sure that, that their rights are um, are kind of met when somebody who with, who may have a fake service dog is, is coming in. We want to make sure that, that people have the education that they need. So I'm around to kind of help not only our consumers um, who are interested in getting a service or a therapy dog, but... You know, we're here to educate the public as well. So when uh, when and able uh, for all sides, have Jenny come out and talk to your business. Because I was going to ask you, personally speaking, how challenging has this been for you with so much of your work being front-facing with people helping clients? It's been really challenging. But for us, you know, as a service dog industry, I think we're, we're um, really tied in with with other organizations really throughout all of North America and really the world. So we've been doing a lot of uh, video conferencing and talking about best practice and what other organizations are doing. Um, For us personally, we've been, you know, doing the best that we can. Um, We've, we've tried to limit our in-person contact. We've been doing a lot of uh, certainly zoom training um, with our fosters that, that have our dogs in training. We've been doing all of that through Zoom. We've started to try and uh, uh, resume some in-person classes. We've been doing some social distancing out in our parking lot to train dogs. Um, we had uh, our spring class where uh, six dogs were all set to be placed uh, starting April 20th. Obviously, that didn't happen. We kind of delayed it a little bit. And we did all of our our lectures through Zoom with all of those consumers. 
Um, we just in the last week or so have had about two days um, that we had them kind of starting to do their their in-person hands-on uh, dog training and their dogs have now gone home and we've monitored them very carefully from over the phone and, and through Zoom and doing some continuing ed classes. Nobody's talking about uh, public access right now, so nobody really is going out in public, so we can kind of wait on that a little bit for the next couple of months and see how that goes and and see when people are even comfortable um, going back out in public and Hold then on, we'll let me, address let me making sure that they're comfortable going out. Let me hop in there because we're running out of time here. Um, yeah. There's so much to talk about. Please uh, investigate. Ask about the Ability Center. Can I have phone number and website, please? Uh, 419-885-5733 is our phone number for the Ability Center. And the website is just abilitycenter.org. And uh, there is a, a list of our programs right up at the top. So you can go and check out all the programs and click on an individual program and get more information or just call in and we're happy to answer any questions. Yeah, we really did just scratch the surface of what's going on. Such a great resource here in our community that endeavors to be the most accessible in the country. Miss Jenny Barlos, thank you so much. But more thanks to General, of course. Oh, thank you, Eric. We appreciate the opportunity. I'll see you soon, okay? All right, thank you. Bye-bye.